If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Frankly, I was embarrassed of Drew hearing me speak into a microphone, which is wild, right? Like he is the most supportive person I know, but I felt like an imposter. I felt like my voice was weird. Like there's so many things. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? <laughs> no way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Since I joined the HubSpot Podcast Network, I've been introduced to so many new business podcasts, and I can't resist sharing the goodness with you. If you're a creative business owner or thinking about becoming one, you're going to want to start listening to the Being Boss Podcast. Being Boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be a boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or a side hustler. Emily Thompson explores topics that I know will be relevant to you because we talk about them here on Gold Digger too. She features episodes like Rituals for Creativity, Project Management, and Building Systems for Creatives and Freelancers, and Taking Time Off as a Business Owner, which is perfect because tis the season for some time off. Tune in to the Being Boss Podcast with Emily Thompson wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, today is an episode about my favorite topic as well as this fellow voice's favorite topic, <laughs> Kylie. What are we talking about today? We're talking about podcasting, Jenna. I'm so excited. So Kylie, welcome back to the show. Obviously, it is so fun to do these episodes with you. But this one feels even more special because we are both obsessed with podcasting in so many different ways. 
And I'm so excited to just dive into what it looks like, how my podcast has evolved, systems that help us run this show. There's so many things that we're going to dive into specifically on the topic of podcasting. And it's so wild and it's fun for me because I think a lot of times when we get into this groove of creation and, and putting it out into the world, we don't often stop and think about, dang, we've come a long way. So if you are a listener... Even if you don't have a podcast, I want for you to just pause today and do a little bit of reflection and imagine someone like Kylie asking you questions that make you reflect and think about how far you've come. Yeah, we just hit that 500 episode milestone recently. And I was trying to think, I think I've been around for half of those, which is wild that we've made it this far. I don't know many shows that hit that, except for if you think about like John Lee Dumas, of course, yeah. Entrepreneurs on Fire, who releases an episode every freaking day. Right. Um, I'm sure he, you know, he hit that in the first year and a half. But yeah, this show has come so far, even since just I joined from our systems to our strategies, our guests, the questions we're asking, everything has really evolved in such a beautiful way. Well, are you ready to talk all about podcasting? I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun one. Yeah. Oh, I'm right. I could talk about podcasting every day. In fact, I do. I have to like self-edit. <laughs> I'll like, I'll go to say something to Chris and then I'll say, oh, never mind. And he goes, wait, let me guess. Is it about <laughs> podcasting? I'm like, shoot. Yes. You got me. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this feels like a safe space to talk about podcasting now. What did the very early planning sessions look like <laughs> for the Gold Digger podcast before it even had that name, the Gold Digger podcast? So the funny thing was, is when I was thinking about the conception of the podcast, and I was recently having a conversation with the Almost 30 Girls, and they were talking about how they recorded for months on end before ever putting anything out into the world and like gave this beautiful gestational period for their show. And I was like, yeah, didn't happen for me. <laughs> So I had the idea to start it and I had one virtual assistant part-time at the time. So no team, just me and a part-time virtual assistant, Caitlin, who is still on our team to this day. And I voice texted her and said, I think I'm going to start a podcast. It was just entering the slow season of my wedding photography season. And she said, awesome. I think that's a great idea. I love podcasts. When do you want to start it? And I said, two weeks. <laughs> oh and my so... Gosh. When I get an idea, and I think from our past guest, Tracy Otsuka, who talked about ADHD, now this makes sense in hindsight. When yeah. I get an idea and I become obsessed with it, it's just like, let's go. Like, there's no holding back. And so literally within about two weeks, we had our show set up. I had my audience help name it because I didn't have a great name idea. I made my own logo with my handwriting and we got to work. So the very early planning sessions were not really a thing. Um, <laughs> I also had this very great fear that I would run out of things to say, which is laughable after 500 episodes. But I remember my brother way before I ever started Gold Digger had given me his microphone and he had had a microphone because he had had his own podcast. And he said, Jen, I really think you should podcast. And I was like, no way. I would literally run out of things to say within five episodes. And so 
when I first started, it was strictly an interview only show, which is kind of wild to think about. And basically, I looked at it as an opportunity to just connect with friends to kind of shed a light on the conversations that happen behind closed doors within the creative community and the entrepreneurial community. And over time, I really quickly realized like when my guests were contributing their expertise and their knowledge, I had this urge to do the same. And I think that I recognized that I wasn't a great interviewer because I wanted to interject and express my own beliefs or ideas or strategies or things. And so it very much evolved once we figured out the workflow for an interview only show, then we started to introduce in solo shows. And that kind of gives us a format that we've landed on today. You know, you really can launch a show with both schools of thought. You know, you can take the almost 30 approach and like plan and record a bunch of episodes and give it space to breathe and grow before you go live to the world. Or you can do the Jenna way and just say, let's put it out there. (laughs) And I think either way, it all depends on what's going to get you actually doing the thing. You know, if you're one to to stop before you even start, I think you kind of just have to dive in like you did with Gold Digger. Yeah. It's funny too, because I was really still smart about it. Like I still had strategy, like we released four episodes when it came out and there was things that I ultimately did right. But I think too, I did have so many fears around it that I knew if I didn't just start and get feedback and like see that there was a proof of concept and that people actually wanted to listen to me, I think I would have just never gone for it. So it's wild to look back because I want to hug that version of me that just went for it. And I also just think, yeah, there's two camps. There's always two camps of people. And you've got to know yourself well enough to know which one is going to get you to have your voice be heard in earbuds across the world. Do you remember any of the names that ended up on the cutting room floor before you chose Goldigger? Oh, Lord, help me. I don't even know if I had any. It's like pregnancy brain, but I was not pregnant. (laughs) Coming to name things, naming children is the hardest thing for me in the world. Like, I mean, we are like a month away from having this child and I don't have a name. So if you ever need something named, don't come to me. Let me tell you, (laughs) I went to the state inventors fair twice as a child. We'll dive into this in a different episode. My two (laughs) inventions were called the handy helper sipper upper and the handy helper... Oh, shoot. It was I wanted to be handy and helper, I guess. I guess. Like it. So I wasn't a good namer. I've never been great at naming things. And so I don't even remember if there were other options. <laughs> well, we'll have to put together a guide or something on how to name your show. And we'll we'll lean on the expertise of others. Thank you. <laughs> Unless you all want a podcast <laughs> named the Handy Helper Podcast. <laughs> so those first few episodes, I know you started quickly, but I know what our workflow is now, but what was the workflow like to create that content for the very first few pieces of gold digger content you put out? Yeah. So it was really interesting. There's a lot of things about podcasting that I got wrong that I worried about that shouldn't have been a worry. So one of them was that I wanted to figure out a format that every show would follow, which I thought meant that I wanted to have the same set of questions for every single guest, which how boring would that be if that Mm. was the case? But I put so much pressure on figuring out this like perfect formula of like what the questions would be. And so 
a lot of the beginning episodes, I like tried to like keep things structured very similarly. I really leaned on this idea of consistency, but I also didn't, I mean, I didn't know how to be a host. Like there are so many positions that I find myself in that I'm like, I wish I went to hosting school or I wish I went to CEO school or boss school. And so, yeah, the workflow was really interesting. I didn't really necessarily have one. I did a lot of recording in my car, in our garage, because frankly, I was embarrassed of Drew hearing me speak into a microphone, which is wild, right? Like he is the most supportive person I know, but I felt like an imposter. I felt like my voice was weird. Like there's so many things. And so I recorded a lot in our garage and I just had iPhone headphones. I didn't have a microphone. And one of the things that I am grateful for is that I hired an editor from the very beginning. I could not fathom listening back to my voice (laughs) and having to edit. And even though I had this skill set necessary to edit just from the different types of work that I've done, I was thankful that I was able to hire an editor from the get-go. And that way, I never even listened back to those episodes because I was so embarrassed and like weirded out by it. So there really wasn't a great workflow, but I did kind of work ahead. I didn't batch work because interviews were so hard to schedule back to back to back, which we've gotten down to a science now. But yeah, it was interesting. There's just a lot of structure that I was trying to create that maybe wasn't necessary in the beginning. So we do have it down to a science now. I mean, we we are a well-oiled machine and I am obsessed with the systems that we have in place now. But Were there any systems at all that you did put in place early on? Maybe as you approached the 50th episode, as you're kind of getting used to being a podcaster, what did you identify as a need to have to produce this show long term? Yeah. So thankfully, we had a content schedule, which is something that I think is a must have. One, so that you can plan ahead, but two, so that you can kind of see what you're serving and like what the experience that the listener is getting. But beyond that, you know, we had created email templates very early on so that Caitlin, my VA, could help me coordinate interviews and send over questions and collect biographies and things like that. So we had created email templates. And honestly, most of them we still use. We've just tweaked over the years. So the templates would include like inviting someone onto the show, how to prep for their interview, what the process looks like when their episode is published, how they can share it, things like that. So sitting down and creating those templates once and then just kind of creating a system around the flow of those was super important. And then for solo shows, when I started those, I would create kind of a bulleted list to keep me on topic to make sure that I was delivering what the title of the show was promising. But our systems have gotten so much more robust. And I think this is a time to ask you, Kylie, like, what are the systems that you've put into place since you joined the team that you can't imagine us living without? So when I joined the team, the email templates were in place, the master schedule, so we could look ahead and see what was coming up. And the first thing I created and that I identified that we needed was kind of a content tracker for me. So I could keep track of every moving piece of every episode because it's more than locking down a guest, recording the questions that you ask them and then putting an episode out into the world. For us, you know, we have to come up with a a title that is enticing, but also SEO smart. We have to create those 
graphics, we have to make sure the ads in every episode are going to air when they were supposed to air. And so I have this tracker that you know starts with the date and the episode number. And then right across, left to right, is every single piece of the puzzle that needs to be completed to get the episode out into the world. And that was super helpful for me being new to try to figure out, okay, what's my system stacked on top of what was Kate's system, your sister who did this job for me, stacked on top of what you and Caitlin created. And so it allowed me to figure out what's going to work for my workflow to make sure the work's getting done and it's getting done well and on time. But more recently, something that's really changed my ability to book guests swiftly, smoothly, and get everything I need from them was creating a simple Google form. And it's just our booking form. You know, it's free to create if you have a G Suite account, you know, and it asks their name, their pronouns, a brief bio, they can upload their headshot right there. And then one of the things that I found myself going back and forth with guests about all the time was, what do they want to teach about, speak on? And we always come to the table with ideas if we're pitching guests, but a guest knows their area of expertise the best. And so that was the one thing that you know, putting this little question box, a text box on the Google form saved me about eight emails back and forth to figure this out. And so a lot of my job has been figuring out how do I get from point A to knowing we need to produce an episode to having an episode produced. And in the middle, it's booking and writing outlines and getting the guests to get on our schedule and all of that. So just using the tools, like even the free tools at your disposal or you know, my disposal, and then if you're creating a podcast yourself, creating those systems, the templates, the booking forms, that's going to make it so much easier to get ahead. I think that's so smart. And it's so funny too, because how many of us have like email chains that are like 30 emails long and you're clicking through trying to find the one where they answered this one question or whatever. And it's like, how can we get everything into one place? And I feel like most of the systems we put into place have things organized so it's easy to like see and understand and know where that need is. And I I love having systems like that where it's like anyone can poke in and kind of understand where we're at, which is so cool. Yeah. And it's also been game changing. You know, we've been working ahead three months ahead to prepare for your maternity leave. And when you have those systems in place, you can see the full runway. Like we can look ahead and say, okay, we need 14 episodes to get us to the end of the year. And that feels way more manageable and less overwhelming. We can see it all out in one place. Yes. I love it. I love it so much. All right. So you might have heard me talk about CRM platforms in the past and wondered, what the heck does that acronym even mean? A CRM is a customer relationship management platform. It takes any customer interaction like a sale from your website or clicking onto your weekly newsletter, and it transforms that data into valuable insights. Insights like, when do my customers shop? And do my emails really get opened more on a Monday? A HubSpot CRM platform is ready to help connect the dots between your business and your customers like never before. HubSpot is consistently working to make its products more connected than ever. Improved forecasting tools give you a bird's eye view of your entire pipeline to see what's around the corner. You can see how your quarter is going, inspect new deals, and use customizable data-driven reports to improve team performance as you grow. With custom behavioral events, you can get into the details of what makes your customers tick. You can track site behavior and understand your customers' buying habits all within the platform. 
Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help connect the dots of your business at HubSpot.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Okay. So one of the things that I encounter, you know, I have my own podcast. I work on the Gold Digger podcast. I talk to podcasters all the time. And people tend to approach podcasting from two different sides of the street. One is that they want to start a podcast because they see this possibility painted by the big podcasters out there that podcasts can turn a profit. And when you reach a certain level, a pretty sweet profit. But Gold Digger really started as a way to serve your audience and support your business objectives. And then the profit was kind of the secondary perk. So it would be cool. Let's talk about those differences of those approaches, because I think that changes how you start creating a show. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is podcasting is a long game. Like I am not afraid to say that and it shouldn't scare anyone away. But when people jump into podcasting with the desire to make an income or, or a massive profit, I want to be like, hey, slow down. Like you've got to prove that you're adding value or entertainment or that you're showing up consistently before that's even really an option. And I didn't even really understand. It's kind of like when we look at, you know, a decade ago, like how do blogs make money? how do podcasts make money? And it's all based off of how many people are tuning into your show. Well, how do you get people to tune into your show? You create valuable content and you show up consistently. And what's so interesting is, so when I started the podcast, I knew that I needed help to do that. And I mentioned that I had an editor from day one. Well, I had an ad for HoneyBook. And basically, from the beginning, I broke even. Like I literally broke even for the first year of the show. And I was fortunate to be able to do that, that HoneyBook signed on to my vision and that they understood it. And basically, they just fronted the bill of my expenses so that I wasn't going in the red trying to do this service. But what's so interesting about podcasting is that like when I started, it was definitely just like this little tiny micro side hustle for me. And now really, it's the number one thing I'm known for, but that didn't happen overnight. And I think what's so important is that you've got to get your feet wet, you've got to get experience. I am a much better 
you know, interviewer and a much better person with delivery than I was when I first started. And I've showed up every single week in people's earbuds. And so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think there are so many different ways that you can monetize really smart and strategically from day one. And I teach about those things because they're things that I wish I would have known. They're things that I would do differently if I were starting over. And I think it's beautiful to understand that there is this possibility that podcasting can supplement your income or become your income. But I don't necessarily think that it's the wisest thing to go into it with those massive dreams without having this desire coupled with serving and showing up and adding value. And I think that you're going to lose steam really fast if you don't have a why that's strong enough to keep you showing up, even if you're not making money. And, you know, now podcasting is a huge way that we bring income in, in so many different ways. And it also supports the overall brand and vision and mission of my business. I didn't know it then when I started, and I didn't necessarily have those grandioso visions. But I did have this desire to create a community and to serve that community. And podcasting is the long game for me. It's it's the way that I'm going to show up and serve the world and make an impact regardless of people spend a dollar or not. And I think that that's kind of my approach to it now. And I think it's good to know that there's possibility, but I think you've got to figure out a why and a topic and a thing that you're willing to show up for every single week that's strong enough to keep you showing up, even if there are zero paychecks coming in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience with my show, when I am clocking 14, 16 hours on a Sunday, when I could be doing Sunday things, it's not the promise of money someday that keeps me working 16 hours on a Sunday. It's because there's a greater purpose and mission behind my show. And I believe in that and my heart's in it. And so although it's, you know, it's always like, yeah, I know I need to have a why I need to have a a purpose and a vision for it. But I want the money. Trust me, the money is not motivation enough to stick with it. It's hard work. I mean, that's what I think is like the biggest misconception is like, what actually goes into a show. And I know we've talked about it kind of in a roundabout way of the different workflows and systems we have. But, you know, to show up for 500 episodes and to think of how many hours of my life I've sat behind a microphone speaking into my computer, it's wild because it's like it is this beautiful long game. It's not this quick hit. It's this great legacy that you're creating with every episode. And there are perks and benefits to it as you grow. But no one really starts with this overnight success in the world of podcasting. Yeah, unless you're these celebrity podcasts that keep coming out and they get like $50 million deals, (laughs) like right off the bat, which is so frustrating. I think, I think independent women podcasters are the secret weapon of the podcasting industry, you know, that it's going to battle all those celebrities who think they can just march right in here and take up space. It's like, no, this is ours. (laughs) It's us. So yeah, we've, I mean, gosh, over 500 episodes now. We just hit the 500 episode mark. You were worried when you got started that you would run out of things to say. (laughs) Clearly have not yet. So Let's talk about how we continually come up with guests and get powerful, inspirational, but also really tactical teachers here on the show. And then 
keep coming up with new topic ideas that continue to serve the audience because it does. I mean, we've said a lot already. So how do we keep coming up with more things to say? I mean, we, our eyes are always open. Like I know you and I have a very similar approach. Like anytime I'm online, I'm like looking for women who have something that they're passionate about that they could share. And it's been so cool too, because we have been connected to so many guests from other guests. It's like, you know, have somebody come on the show and then ask them, who's another voice that we should invite onto the show? And would you be willing to connect us? And so a lot of our guests come as connections, but we also get submissions from listeners like you on a daily basis. So hundreds, if you didn't know like hundreds this, a week. yes, hundreds of week. So if you go to golddiggerpodcast.com, there's an area where you can submit yourself or you can try to get someone else on the show and let us know about someone you'd like to hear on this show. And these submissions are just incredible and they're rich and they're amazing and they're well thought out and they're interesting. And we're always looking for topics we haven't covered or a different angle or perspective. We're looking for diverse voices. We want to just feature people that when you listen to them, you you can see a little bit of yourself in them, whatever that looks like. And so there are no shortage for incredible guests out there. And I think we are always just keeping our eyes open, looking at our own community, looking at submissions, and then just asking our other guests, who do you think would be a great fit for this? And I think it's just so incredible. I mean, our guest tracking sheet is just always filled with potential people that were like, we would love to have a conversation with this person. And I just get so excited because it's like, when we do our guest interviews, I usually do like four to five in a day. And getting to look at how vast the topics are and how unique the guests are and what their stories are. Like, it just is not lost on me, like how great of a gift it is that I get to step up to the mic and ask these incredible, incredible thought leaders these questions. So that's super fun. Do you have anything to add to that about guests? Gosh, we do. We pay attention to what we're getting tagged in on Instagram. I look at who follows us. You know, I'm and on top of all the submissions we get that introduced me to people and topics that I never would have come up with on my own. Yeah, I'm very, I keep an eye on everything on our social channels, because I love bringing new fresh voices and new fresh topics. And it's so important now that we've reached, you know, the the 500 number. Yeah. And I think too, something that always does make a difference is if somebody is a devoted listener to the show, they know the right angle to pitch. Like they know what we're lacking or how they can fill a gap in for us. And it's really obvious to us when someone is, you know, a part of our community or when they're just looking for that exposure. So I would just note that piece. Yeah. Um, I'll also say behind the scenes, when I'm reviewing those hundreds of pitches and I do look at every single one and I have a running tracker of, you know, potential guests, submitted guests, all these things, I'll have to say the best pitches don't require me to scroll more than once. (laughs) And 
And if you forget to replace my name in the greeting because yes. you're sending them out on mass, it's like, come on. That's, yes. It's frustrating. Just a little pet peeve of mine. Yes. Amen to that. We have a whole episode on ways to write the perfect pitch. So if you go to jennicadreblog.com and type in the word pitch, you will find our secrets to how to pitch yourself if you're curious. Yeah. And then when it comes to topics, so we do a lot of research. And I think one of my favorite things is when we look at like, what have people been responding to? What have they tuned into? What is our number one blog post? What are my Q&As saying on Instagram? And we let you and the feedback you offer guide those decisions. And so I always think about, you know, we've shared about the JK5 where it's like you have five pillars and we've really kind of honed in on those pillars for the podcast covering things like finance and marketing and strategy and balance. And, you know, we kind of have these main pillars that we kind of do topics under. But then we also look, what is trending right now? What are people asking questions about? What is seasonal right now? What is something that maybe we've said in the past, but we have a new way of thinking about it? What's something that's changed? What are people struggling with the most? And it's honestly, I think sometimes we have too many ideas for topics, but we are getting to a place where I have contradicted myself on this show because I've changed and evolved over the last four years or, you know, platforms have changed or things like that. And so it's like, what's the fresh new perspective on this that we want to share? And I think that's been a really exciting challenge to tackle and just something that we're looking at, like, how do I share this in a way that is specific to myself and what I believe to be true, but that is also grounded in facts and data and strategy. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activations several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. 
A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast and one of the fears in your head is that you won't have enough to say, (laughs) turn to your audience or your potential audience and see what they are wondering about, what they're asking about, you know, what are the email or DM questions that you get? How can you expand on that? But also I do find a lot of inspiration as well when I go to the Apple podcast top charts and I see what other podcasters are talking about. Do we have a different opinion? Could we expand on what they said? Or could we take a very women-focused approach to that same topic? So if you feel like you'll have nothing to say, believe me, once you're given the platform and you see the power of it, the ideas will come. Yes. Amen. So something big (gasps) changed and happened with Gold Digger. I was super excited about this, but also it felt like a really big change because you've been an independent podcaster since day one, which is super rare for a show of your size, of our size, to be independent. But now we're on a network. Yes. I am so excited. So we recently joined the HubSpot network. And honestly, we were connected through our friend, John Lee Dumas, who runs up JLD on fire, (laughs) who is a friend of mine. And he had asked me, he said, he sent me a voice text and said, Hey, have you ever considered joining a network? And I said, no, you know, honestly, what I know from experience is that networks just take things from you. And he said, not this network. And what's been so remarkable about my experience thus far with HubSpot is their real belief in partnership and in growth. And HubSpot is this place, you know, we've quoted them in our past shows and we've talked about tools they offer and things like that. But what's so beautiful about the network that HubSpot is building is that they want to create the most powerful, most informative and educational business network of podcasts out there. And what they are devoted and committed to through and through from every step of my process with them is just helping creators share more and and give more and educate more and to grow those shows through partnerships. And I just have had such a great experience with them. And the coolest thing is, is that I basically just get to support other podcasters within the network and get to soak in their advice and their knowledge and share that with you, but also just have those additional resources that a network can offer. And it was a massive step, but 
it feels so good and so right. And every time I'd have conversations, I'm like, Kylie, it just feels so aligned. And our missions are so in tandem with each other. And I don't know, I'm just so thrilled about it. I am so excited. I'm really excited too. And, you know, to kind of demystify the whole concept of a network, if you are a first time podcaster or you haven't even launched your show yet, a network is a way for you to get connected to you know, an overarching umbrella that represents many shows. And a lot of times you get support in the way of promotion or you get ad booking and sponsorship opportunities through your network or its affiliation for clout, things like that. And I think too, one of the things that surprised me when I started my show was that I was getting outreach from networks. Hey, have you thought about joining a network? You should hop on a call with us. We'll tell you what we're all about. And there was always a catch. It was always like, okay, so what am I giving to you by joining? Why do you want me? And so I think it's a good thing to be aware of as you're starting a show, you know, starting independently, that there are great resources when you join a network. And I think we found a perfect home for Gold Digger with HubSpot. But you should be aware too that if they are coming at you promising you the world, you have to ask, okay, but what are you getting? Because you don't want to sign away this beautiful project that you're building and growing before you even really know what it could become just doing it yourself. But that said too, one thing I didn't realize about networks is that if you have a great podcast idea and you know of a podcast network that would be a perfect home for it, you can proactively pitch yourself, pitch the idea before you even get started. And that can be a great way to get the resources that you need to get your show off the ground. So it doesn't always have to be this passive waiting for the opportunities to come. You can go and pitch yourself to a network and, and see where the conversation goes. Yeah. And I would say too, just really, we did a lot of due diligence in understanding the goal for HubSpot, the goal for us. What does this look like? What is the long-term vision for this? Who owns what? How do we deal with intellectual property? Like we really dug into the specifics because we wanted to understand it and really do something that we believed in wholeheartedly. I think you can always tell when something is kind of a half attempt. And so I would just encourage you to really look through all the terms and ask yourself those hard questions to just make sure that it's the right opportunity, the right time and the right network for you. But our home on HubSpot is just, it's so exciting. I'm just smiling thinking about it because it really is a dream come true in so many ways. When I started the show, I never dreamt that having a network and all of the perks that come with it would even be in that vision and having it now, especially at this time in my life, is just really, really cool. It's so awesome to be part of this expansion, this evolution of the Gold Digger podcast. And we're just so grateful to have HubSpot alongside us in this whole thing. And they really do feel like a partner. Okay. So the only thing we forgot is that if somebody is listening today and they're like, Ooh, I am thinking about starting a podcast, or I love this idea of getting my voice out into the world, or I have this why that is strong enough that'll keep me showing up, but I'm freaked out about everything. I actually created a free training about why starting a podcast is easier than you think. And I literally walk you through the fears I had and what the truths are and the gear and how to choose all that and like what it actually looks like to record. And so if you go to freepodcastclass.com, 
You can tune into my free training. It is super, super thorough. And it really walks you through all of those things about podcasting where I said, I wish I would have done it differently from the beginning. I basically teach you all of those. So again, that is freepodcastclass.com. It's a great training. It's absolutely free. And it walks you through all of the things I wish I would have done differently. And even like how to monetize from day one. It's all inside of that training. So freepodcastclass.com. Kylie, this was so much fun. I love nerding out on our favorite topic together. Thank you so much for accompanying me on this episode. Thanks for having me to talk about my favorite topic ever. Well, until next time, gold diggers. Keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.